John, we've, we've had pretty good careers, but sometimes don't you just feel like a caged bird? Just like I was meant to fly. Yes. Doesn't, I mean, I, I think, and I really think this podcast network, I think, I think Brandon is our oppressor. He doesn't yes. let us just flow. He doesn't let us do whatever we want, whenever we want. I just feel, I feel tormented. I feel like a bird who should be enabled to fly. He, uh, Brandon has definitely held me back. I know in this, uh, in, in, in this career that we've had together now. And so, um, maybe we need to re- look at that a little bit and reassess. Because what's important to remember in life is that it's always somebody else's fault. I think that I got, yes. I have a tattoo of that on my uh, upper <laughs> thigh. It's always somebody else's fault. And of course we are making fun of D'Angelo Russell, who is now saying that the Timberwolves, uh, have he- held him back when he was here. And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I watched all the games. I, Kind of felt it was the other way around, but but John, why don't you introduce us to this story? Yeah, so um, if, for for people who are unfamiliar, just to set the context of it, and I do think there's some nuance that we absolutely can get sure. into. That's fair, and and that and we will um, while we're while we like trying to have fun on a Monday morning. But um, to start here, like uh, so after the the Lakers beat the Warriors um, in Game Three to go up two to one. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell played really, really well, especially in the first half. The Lakers were really playing poorly in the first half from an offensive standpoint, and Russell's shot making kind of kept them afloat until Anthony Davis and LeBron James got going in the second half, and then they turned it into kind of a runaway game uh, to, to win there. And we have seen D'Angelo Russell do that with the Timberwolves as well, um, and he was doing it with the Lakers there. Really good game from him, a really important production that he contributed to what the Lakers did after the game. uh, The athletic Sam Amick caught up with D'Angelo for a little one-on-one briefly um, after, you know, after this big game and he's heading into a huge off season with that includes free agency um, and just kind of getting into uh, D'Angelo Russell's fit in Los Angeles and what happened in Minnesota and all of those things. And so certainly a couple of the comments that D'Angelo made uh, that are getting the most attention, definitely within the Wolves organization, definitely locally here and probably nationally as well is um, he, here, here's the, one of the quotes. Um, I felt like I was held back there. Honestly, Russell speaking about Minnesota, I just kind of had to be the third option. Some nights I was a little more aggressive and was kind of being held back. So to be in a position now where I can kind of thrive and be aggressive and it gets guys going and where the team reflects off of anybody with that type of energy, it's fun. And so, yeah, that that kind of laid the groundwork really for Russell basically just saying that, hey, you know, Minnesota is not where it's at. He's much happier with the fit in Los Angeles. You and I have discussed that. I do think the fit in Los Angeles is better, but I do think that some Timberwolves people would take some real exception to the characterization of Russell being the guy being the one that was held back in kind of this relationship. Yeah. Let's get into it. This is the John Krasinski show. He's John Krasinski from the athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer and actually he doesn't hold us back. He actually sets us free. Uh, he, he can reference that in his next contract negotiation. He is the person who sets us free. This is uh, talknorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show on the network. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR Time, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, and we are coming to you from the Aquarius 
Home Service Home Services Studio. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. We're going to get into Wolves stuff, NBA stuff, Jokic, all the good stuff happening, all, all the former Timberwolves thriving in the playoffs here. Uh, but to get back, let's take this seriously. Uh, Russell, there, there, there's so many things to unpack here. Number one, Russell was the third option here because that's where he should have been, what he should have been. And he's the third option in L.A. Uh, the difference is, and this is where I will give him a little bit of a break, and I wrote about this the other day in my, my column, one of the inherent problems with the Timberwolves is because they've been such a badly run, uh, badly performing organization for so long, is that they're always looking for the miracle savior to come in and fix everything. And sometimes what that means is they bring in a D, somebody like D'Angelo Russell, who's a good basketball player, and they ask him to just fix everything. And when it doesn't happen, then they blame that person, then they get rid of that person. And then later on, they realize, oh, you know what? That guy was actually a pretty good player. We shouldn't have blamed everything on him. Uh, and that's a very, that, that's a, that's pulling the camera way back, probably farther back than we need to. In his specific case, they wanted him to be great. He wasn't. Uh, they had to bench him in an elimination game against the Memphis Grizzlies in a series they might have been able to win if he had played better. Uh, they couldn't trust him. He didn't play defense. And I don't think the fit was great here because he is a volume shooter who they also wanted to handle the ball. They wanted him to be better defensively. In L.A., he gets to stand at the three-point line, have LeBron James and Anthony Davis break down the defense, kick it to him, and he's shooting wide open threes, which is exactly what he was doing well here. It's just he doesn't have to do as many different things to help the Lakers win. That's my view. What's yours? Yeah, and I I would say this, like it, it really what this all comes down to and what it has been coming down to for a you know for several months, even at the trade, when the trade was made, right before the trade, all of that stuff is it does just come down to fit. Like, you know, I know like there's a lot of attention kind of about, you know, what I said about, uh, you know, he and Rudy Gobert not seeing eye to eye and 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 things of that nature. I don't ever think that um, that what happened here in Minnesota there again to reiterate, it wasn't a toxic situation. I don't think it was a real personality conflict situation at all. I think there were guys in that locker room who really liked D'Angelo Russell. I think in general, the team got along well. But from a fit standpoint, um, Russell, I think probably if he, if he were to be were to expand on his comments and what was really holding you back, D'Angelo, I do think that he would probably look at the pairing with Rudy Gobert and what that did or did not unlock for the two of them. I think that there was, and I, I know that there was, there was just real kind of frustration and consternation with how that fit came about and it wasn't just with D'Angelo it was certainly with other players and Rudy as well uh, but there was a belief last summer when they made the trade for Rudy Gobert that D'Angelo Russell was going to be really good for Rudy and Rudy was going to be really good for D'Angelo Russell and Russell told me that last last uh, summer league in Vegas when I sat down with him he was very excited to get things going with with Rudy and see how that pick and roll went but as the season started as the as the whole thing unfolded, as Rudy kind of struggled early on, um, it became very apparent that Russell and Rudy were just not going to be in sync. And I don't th I think that Russell quickly lost trust in 
passing the ball to Rudy Gobert because of some of the dropped passes, because of some of the missed passes at the rim, all of those missed layups at the rim, things like that. Um, I think that that was a real struggle for D'Angelo Russell to figure out how he could maximize himself and Rudy in a, in a pairing that just didn't seem as fluid and seamless. Um, and now that he is in LA, there are two things that are kind of developing here. One is Anthony Davis catches his passes. He is much more gifted athletically and, 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 and offensively to pair with, um, with D'Angelo Russell, same with LeBron, obviously like they, when, when, when D'Angelo Russell throws the ball to either of those two guys, he knows that they are going to make a play on it and catch the ball. And so when Russell has faith in you as a teammate, there are people, it, it, it's fun to play with him. Like he, he is a, he injects confidence. He's, he's charismatic. He gets up and down. It's, 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 it's a bright, a uh, lively thing when he loses faith in you, it's not good. Like it, it, it's, it's a struggle. It's a grind. You can, you can feel it out there. And, um, and so that I think is that, that was the main thing. But then also the second thing in terms of what you talked about, Jim, with the third option, you're totally right. Um, especially once Carl Anthony Towns came back from his injury, they, the wolves went to a need for a facilitator at, the um at point guard and russell as he has said often throughout his career he's he doesn't view himself as a point guard he just views himself as a basketball player he doesn't see you know so he he will pass the ball he will get it moving but he also likes to look for his own scoring um catch and shoot you know get, kind of get to that pull up mid-range jumper right at the elbow and when you have Towns and Edwards and then Gobert to an extent, you they they all of a sudden had a glut of people who needed passes thrown to them. And I think that's why they went out and got Mike Conley is because he was more of a game manager quarterback of an offense, whereas Russell is more of a gunslinger. And so in L.A., even what we saw in game three is LeBron James didn't even take a shot. I don't think in the first quarter mm -hmm. um, in LA in game three, he just let Russell get going. And I think that that makes Russell feel like he's more than a third option. I think he feels there like, Hey, this is, this is different. Like I got really, really talented guys that I believe in two of the top 10 players in the league when Anthony Davis is playing the way that he is now. So there's an immediate respect that Russell gives these guys, but also I think that there is more of an opening for him to find his own offense with this configuration of Laker players than maybe there was with the Timberwolves. And so I think that's kind of what he's getting into when he's like, I feel I felt held back. And you could always tell when D'Angelo Russell was not feeling a certain situation with the Wolves, whether it was with Ryan Saunders as head coach, which he, which he kind of bucked against, whether it was with Rudy Gobert as a teammate, which um, didn't work out that well. And again, that's not necessarily blaming D'Angelo Russell because Rudy and Ryan both had their faults as coach and teammate. Um, but that's I, in, in with the Lakers right now, he feels you can just see the way it, with his body language and everything. He feels like he has complete faith in the guys around him. And that is fueling uh, kind of his really good play 
Final note on this as I get long-winded. D'Angelo Russell's statistics, if you look at them, shooting percentage, at points average, assists average, rebound average, nearly identical with the Lakers that they were with the Timberwolves at the start of this season. So, yes, he's had a couple of much better games in the playoffs than he did with the Timberwolves last year in the playoffs. But in general, I don't know that, you know, that we haven't seen him just explode from a statistical standpoint, but he's having a good effect there. He's helping them win games, and it's just a better fit for that, for the Lakers and for Russell. Conley is a better fit for the Timberwolves, and so we we move forward. We're not ready to move forward yet. No, There's still no, more no, to talk not. about here. Yes. I, I have a couple more things on D'Angelo. We will get to other topics. I want to let you know also, Talk North will have a our live baseball show, our chin music show, Friday night, 5.30 at the Loon, right before the Twins host the Cubs at Target Field. Short, very short walk from the Loon to Target Field. So if you're a Twins fan, a Cubs fan in town, uh, if you're downtown and you're not going to the game, you can just go straight from work to the loon and watch the show and then go home and watch the game. If you're on your way to the game, stop by, have a beer, say hello. Uh, I will give away a twins gift. It'll either be a bobblehead or a mini Carlos Correa bat or something of that ilk to somebody who asks a good question during the show. We will take live questions. It's Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, myself, 530 to 630 at the loon Friday night. Uh, come check us out. We do appreciate it. Uh, this show is being brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, and we want to thank our longtime sponsor, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. It's all you need to know. If you're injured, you're going to need good, ethical, immediate help. You'll get it from TSR Injury Law. They do not charge you unless they win your cases. They've won so many cases. They've become a huge business success story because they help so many people. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know, uh, well, actually, let, before we get to all energy, so let me hear from John on Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, right on Hennepin Avenue near uh, the 35W exit. It is a great place to hang out. The weather is finally getting nice. We're seeing the sunshine come out. It's perfect patio weather. Sit out there um, on their really nice, big, spacious deck in their big, spacious tap room. Watch some games on some flat screen TVs. But most importantly, just have some great beer. We have the collaboration with myself and Talk North um, and Head Flyer, the Crunch Time collaboration. It's a Blue Moon style wheat citrus wheat beer. Excellent, easy drinking. Can have a couple of them and and, and watch a game. Um, you, there's the uh, it was all a dream. Juicy IPA. There's all sorts of different flavors and styles of beers for whatever kind of beer drinker you have. They have some seltzers. Uh, they have some other um, forms of drinks as well. So you know, bring everyone, bring the family. Uh, they have food trucks on the weekends. You can pick up your own food and bring it in. Bring it in there and hang out. And, and, and have a great beer. So Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, right on Hennepin Avenue, right off of the 35W exit. Easy to get to, even easier to have some great beers once you get there. All energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to over 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. Visit allenergysolar.com slash coach for your free solar evaluation. Uh, there's a lot to worry about when you're running your business. Your utility bill shouldn't be at the top of that list. Solar energy cuts down on unpredictable utility costs, making your job just a little bit easier. Find out more about how your business can go solar at allenergysolar.com slash learn. Playoffs? Are you talking about playoffs? That's right. The playoffs are here and your friends at Manscaped are here too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. 
Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you'll want to give your nuggets the best clippers to get rid of them pubes and help them see the summer sun. Don't let your little devils go wild. Use the Lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. You can have the balls of kings by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped is the champion of men's grooming. You know why they call their staple product the Performance Package 4.0? Because it's the best way to get your body ready for elite playoff-level performance. This full package is stacked with the best of the best. It all starts with the Lawnmower 4.0. These Lawnmower 4.0s are the greatest pube warriors. They make body hair removal as easy as a Steph Curry three-pointer. The Lawnmower 4.0 doesn't only make you easy on the eyes, but it's easy on your skin with its skin safe technology that reduces your playoffless nicks and cuts. Manscaped has been working hard and brewing up the new and improved Weed Whacker 2.0. With a better shape and motor, there's no question the Weed Whacker 2.0 for nose and ear is the most improved player of the year. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. Once again, thanks to Aquarius Home Services Studio and our producer, Brandon Morton. So listen, I'm not going to say that D'Angelo Russell is wrong about Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert was a disappointment and he was not the player I thought he was. You know, having watched him in the league and in the Olympics, I thought he would be a much more natural fit. I thought he'd be better uh, catching passes and finishing. Uh, He was a disappointment. I don't blame D'Angelo Russell for being frustrated with that at all. I will just say that all these excuses that regard Gobert and this lineup had nothing to do with him getting benched in the playoffs the previous year or him not playing defense. Yeah, I mean, th- 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 that's that's absolutely fair. And and I, I think that does get back to, like you said at the start of it, where this is very much, to me, it feels like, Jim, like an Andrew Wiggins situation. Yep, um, yep. You, you know, the Wolves needed Wiggins to be a number one or a number one, you know, one B, however you want to phrase it. And he was not ready for that role it was ill-suited for that role he gets to golden state and he's surrounded by great players and he's the third or fourth option and he really flourishes in that style um it you know russell has a clearly a different mentality than wiggins where i think wiggins very much just likes to be kind of in the background likes to just go show up work uh put in his time leave um doesn't want the adulation doesn't want the attention. I think D'Angelo Russell likes the spotlight. I think that's one of the things that really makes him a good crunch time shooter is he, he kind of craves that responsibility. But once he, when he was here in his time in Minnesota, this whole thing was built around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony towns. Like he was treated as a franchise player. He was given input into what they were doing from a, from a system standpoint. Um, they were making him the center of the marketing uh, efforts. You know, there there was all of those things that you know, that they the Wolves desperately wanted D'Angelo Russell to be an All Star level face of the franchise type of a player. Um, the consistency just wasn't there for many reasons, and now he is in Los Angeles playing with two super duper stars. And he is fitting in with them to his credit to a great degree. I mean, he's a really smart player. He knows how to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Most importantly, as I said before, he really respects them. 
He values them. He's going to uh, treat them with the utmost reverence while he's playing with them because they help him, you know, open things up for him. And the game is easier for him, I think, with the Lakers than it was for the Tim- with the Timberwolves just because of that star power. Edwards was really good here. Towns was good, but Towns was always hurt. So it's certainly not on the level of a LeBron AD combo. And and so I think like that's what it gets down to now is like he is in that third option role, but if he has a bad game, it's not going to necessarily mean that the Lakers don't have a chance to win because they still have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves is having his moments and they have a a little bit more depth around them as well. I think that the Wolves, especially last year in the playoffs, uh, just couldn't survive D'Angelo Russell struggling. And so that put a little bit more heat on him when uh, and, and more urgency for the team to try and find a resolution when uh, when he did struggle. And and so the 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 most of the attention in L.A. is going to be on LeBron and A.D. Like that's just going to be the way that it is. If Russell really struggles, he will certainly get scrutiny. But um, but he can just kind of really get into the flow and let the game come to him in a way that he was not able to do here. And so that just makes the Lakers situation a lot better for him. Um, And, you know, if the Lakers did not have LeBron or did not have Davis and they needed Russell to carry the load, maybe it wouldn't go as well. Um, We saw that in golden state when Steph and, and Draymond and clay were all hurt. and, And Russell was there as the, as the one and only guy, he was only there for a few months and they were not winning many games when when he was kind of the focal point. Um, so I, I just like I just think that putting him with these Lakers and all of the things that come with it, it's just really good for D'Angelo Russell. And I think that the Timberwolves right now, as we heard them say time and time again down the stretch, they were really happy with Mike Conley, with the veteran presence, with kind of the even keeled demeanor the way that he ran the offense with the way that he chased ball handlers around screens. Chris Finch called him a godsend. Like that was not an accident. Like they, this is what they wanted from their point guard with this new configuration. Um, And so there just was not the same sort of uh, space for D'Angelo Russell to operate in with, uh, with the Timberwolves that he is getting now with the Lakers. And, um, and so I think both sides really are happy with how things have developed. And one last thing on what, you know, one other thing that I I think is important to point out with what D'Angelo said in that interview with Sam Amick is, you know, he was asked about, Hey, free agency, what do you think? Would you love, would you like to stay with the Lakers? And he said, I would love to stay here, but I would have loved to be in Minnesota too. So wherever my feet are, that's where I'm going to be. And so that kind of tells you again, like this wasn't, again, a situation where, you know, D'Lo was toxic, that D'Lo was agitating to get out of here. This was not, as I've said before, a Jimmy Butler situation where it was just a mess behind the scenes. I think that you know, Russell would have, could have figured out a way if if the Wolves would have offered him the money he wanted, he would have stayed here. Um, he found, he he kind of saw the writing on the wall and that it wasn't going to happen here. And so then it was time to move on, but uh, it wasn't acrimonious. It wasn't, you know, drama filled that way, but 
it was, there was definitely a sense from both sides that something needed to change here. And uh, the new venue is good for D'Angelo. The new point guard is good for the Timberwolves. Yep. Well said. Uh, I think that's enough of that subject, but how about what other former wolves are really intriguing? You know, we don't have, frankly, we don't have time to get to all of them in one show, but you know, whether it's Tibbs or Butler or Vanderbilt or Beasley or Wiggins, who, who else is really kind of capturing your attention right now? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I like, um, I certainly like what Wiggins is doing. I mean, the wolves warriors are in a little bit of a trouble, but like just the way that he has become, a really a two-way player and a defensive, you know, stud um, and, and in that role with Golden State, certainly coming off of missing all of that time earlier in the season for some family issues. I, 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 I root for him. I hope that he does well because um, I just think he's a good person. Um, and, and, um, and I, I would like to see how he has reinvented himself. Um, when you look at the rest of them, it's really interesting that so many former wolves are having sort of their time in the sun after getting out. And I'll speak a little bit. I'll kind of want to change it to a little bit bigger picture, Jim, in terms of like, I do think that, you know, we've talked a little bit about Russell and maybe, you know, I'm sure a lot of wolves fans are saying, yeah, we're better off without him. Let him go. And, and in some ways they might be right about that. Um, they, they said the same things about Wiggins. They said the same things about Tibbs. They said a lot of this, you know, some people said the same things about Jimmy. That was a little more split. Um, but what this, I think, should prompt from the organization internally is a little bit of a look in the mirror type of a moment because it's easy and sometimes it's very right to blame some of these guys for how they handled things in Minnesota. I mean, you can get really mad at Tibbs for the, you know, mishandling of the Jimmy Butler situation for drafting Chris Dunn over Jamal Murray for a lot of the things he did as the president of basketball operations. And you can believe that he deserved to be fired. Um, You can believe that Jimmy Butler handled everything wrong with that trade request and with really submarining an entire season. And you can believe, believe that the franchise is better off having that toxicity out of here. You can believe that Andrew Wiggins was uh, not, not giving the requisite effort day in and day out that a number one player needs to, especially one that was being paid like he, like he was being paid you and, and, and the organization was better for getting rid of that sort of malaise. You can believe that D'Lo uh, didn't play enough defense, was too inconsistent, um, wasn't working uh, well, didn't give Rudy Gobert enough of a chance, whatever it is. You could believe all of that and that the Wolves are better off with Mike Conley. Um, but you also have to start to acknowledge that, hey, why, why can we not figure out ways to be more consistently successful and to kind of group players to in into roles that they need to be to have coaches and presidents in the you know with the responsibilities that they need um and that it you know and and why can't things start to click better here in Minnesota in this organization because what we are seeing this is not you know th- this is not lately 
the departures have not been like David Kahn and Kurt Rambis, who never went on to have any success anywhere else. Like it was easy back then to say these two guys are just in over their heads. There's no way that that they belong there and that were bad hires and they were the root of the problem. Um, and and now we're going to be better off going going forward. But Tibbs is having success as a coach in New York. Uh, we'll see. They might be out in the second round here, but having success building uh, a, a team that is competing at a level which the Knicks have not competed at for a long, long time. Jimmy Butler, you know, despite all of the rancor, is on the precipice of being in the conference finals for the third time with the Miami Heat. And he's been to one finals. He almost made another finals. Who knows what's going to happen in the Eastern Conference Finals this year uh, if he makes it. Anything could happen. So he's having success. Andrew Wiggins won a championship and turned into a very high-level role player on the Warriors. Maybe even, and I, I believe, was the second-best player on that championship team last year. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is finding success with the Lakers and making an impact and helping that team win games. And, and so if all of these guys are leaving and finding success elsewhere, Jared Vanderbilt's another one, um, and, and finding success elsewhere, there has to be a little bit of soul searching within this organization. Like, what are we doing that is miscasting these guys or that is not building around them the right way or is not handling things the proper way? Because there's only so many times that you can point the finger elsewhere. I do think that there needs to be some introspection and some real sort of uh, you know, examination of, of why the, the, the same success has not been able to be had here, even when we're supposed to be so much better off after all of these guys left. Well said. Uh, I think the average Timberwolves fan would, would listen to everything you just say and say, well, it's because Towns isn't as good as he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Edwards, even if Edwards might be great, he's not there yet. Uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, um, Jim, because, um, you know, you look at Wiggins. He went to a place that had superstars that were established, that were win, that that were had winning pedigree, and he fell into line with that culture. D'Angelo Russell goes to the Lakers – they have superstars. Now, the Lakers have been a mess from a cultural aspect forever. Um, but when you have players who are that good in LeBron and Anthony Davis, especially when Davis is healthy, um, it just establishes a real pecking order. And I do think that one of the issues that they have had really over the last six or seven years, maybe even longer, even go, let's even go back to like the Kevin Love years, um, the Ricky Rubio years, things like that is they have had guys who are kind of cast as number one players, but haven't accomplished enough to get everyone to fall in line behind them. And um, that's for Cat. That's even for Anthony Edwards, who is starting to, I think, you know, kind of grab hold of that. But still, I mean, he has he's still 21 years old. He makes plenty of mistakes. He hasn't won a playoff series yet. There's no sort of built-in pedigree yet with the main, main guys here. So now you do see, like this year, you see the importance of Kyle Anderson or Torian Prince or now Mike Conley coming over. 
and leading from sort of the third, fourth, fifth positions um, in, in the hierarchy on this roster. And those are good. They're, that's valuable. You can have that. Uh, but I do think that there, is, there has constantly been a sort of power struggle at the top of the food chain from a player perspective. Towns was on his way there to, to, to being that way. And then just he had COVID, had injuries, had his mom pass away, had injuries again this year. And that's all been stunted. And that's all kind of really made it difficult for him to kind of grab hold of this. Anthony Edwards is just so young. Maybe he eventually becomes that and everyone does fall in line behind him. He's not quite there ready yet. And so I do think, yes, that's, you know, Tibbs found Jalen Brunson this year. He was about to get fired in New York. Jalen Brunson comes in, has an all NBA type season, becomes a number one leader type of a player. And all of a sudden Tibbs seems to be in fairly good shape there with the Knicks. Jimmy Butler is the number one guy. He's been that way. He, he bucked against kind of having to share that spotlight here with Towns and Wiggins and bucked against having to share that spotlight with Ben Simmons in, in Philadelphia and now is in Miami and just absolutely dominating everything and seems to be best cast in that light. So um, that is one of the issues is that their best players have not yet been good enough to transcend whatever inconsistencies, whatever changes that are being made and kind of bring guys along with them. And then you get those, those power struggle dynamics where, you know, lesser players want more responsibility or um, there there's a vacuum at the top of it. And that makes it hard to go forward. That is a, that's a, that's a big thing right now for sure. Good stuff. Next week, let's talk more about Tim Connolly, Chris Finch, the front office, what they should be thinking. Uh, we'll continue to update you on former Wolves as they advance through the playoffs. And uh, we'll see who Jokic has punched lately. Uh, I think if you buy a uh, courtside seat and even if you're the owner, if you're taunting players, they should get one free shot on you. One just nice nice elbow to the chest. Nothing too violent. Just knock you back a little bit. Jokic I think, I, agrees with you. Yes, yes he Jokic does. Very much agrees with actually, you. and the Suns owner actually tweeted out agreement that today. They yes. said, don't don't, don't uh, punish this guy for what he did. Uh, so we'll continue to update on that. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Wolves, as it always is. Also, check out John and myself on the Viking Update show as well. Uh, check out Chin Music, 5.30 on Friday at The Loon. And thanks for listening. We do appreciate it.